24 hours a day. Radio Contact. This week's Devil the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me the show this week as ever. We have Paul Whiteside. Enjoy your week off, Paul. Yeah, certainly, certainly, mate. It was a bit quiet having no uh, no match at, at the weekend, but I watched the semi finals. I enjoyed that. I had a little bit of time away with my family at the seaside, which was good. Up, I went over the Humber Bridge on uh, was it Friday? It's really good. You could see the KC Stadium and all cars ground in the distance. So I'm hoping my weekend up there this Friday will be as good as last weekend. Hopefully we're going to be celebrating a Joe, you went to the Challenge Cup semi-final. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was a really good spectacle. It's a long time coming doing it as a double-header and hopefully they can stick with it and hopefully it goes somewhere else and we get a bigger crowds in to watch four great sides. It's going to be a, a fascinating few weeks in these uh, in these middle eights. We've got lots going on in this week's show. We've got all the news coming out of Sulphur Red Devils. Um, we've got Paul's amateur report. We're going to have a look at the stats and the facts um, for all the players this season. And then we're also going to preview the game against Hawkins and Rovers on Friday night. But what we're going to do, we'll start with all the news coming out of Sulphur Red Devils this week. So, all the news coming out of South Red Devils this week, Paul. Uh, tickets uh, are available for our two home games against Woodnest and Toronto. Um, it's going to be important that there's a big crowd for both of them games. Yeah, certainly, because, uh, you know, the Woodnest game, especially Woodnest isn't too far away from Salford, and, you know, we're going to need a big vocal following, aren't we, especially in the home games and um, the other game against against London Broncos. It's going to be tough games, aren't they, Rob? But all the games are going to be really difficult. So Ian Watson and the boys need that vocal support behind them, don't they? And let's let's make the, the AJ Bell a real force. I was going to say the Willows, eh? Let's make the AJ Bell a real force for the three games we've got. We've got four tough away games, so it's I think it's vitally important that we get the six points in the, in, in those home games. Yeah, I suppose it's an income for the club as well, Joe. But those fans who are going to go aren't season ticket holders, uh, go down early and buy yeah like Rob says it will only help the club and it will help the club in ways where we can get bums on seats and get more attendances and it all goes into the pot for plays in, pre- in pre-season so get down if you've not got a season ticket I know Rob's got the prices there and it's worth it to watch some good rugby league it's, uh, is it £33 for adults, £23 for concessions, uh, £23 for adults in the West Stand and £18 for concessions and £18 for adults and £13 for concessions in the South Stand, Paul, but it's a good price that really, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's spot on, mate, to watch uh, watch top flight rugby league. It, it, it's good. What was it? Thirty three pounds? Did you say? Is that in the VIP? Is that yeah. that's the VIP? It's a good view in there, though, Rob, isn't it? It's, uh, it's got atmosphere in there. You know, I'd, I'd pay over the odds to watch Salford. You know <laughs> me, but no, it's good. I just hope some people buy into it and we, we get some crowds. We were talking about the crowds before, weren't we? I know it's a sore subject with me. I don't like you know slagging the club off, but it's amazing, like sort of how the, how how many people have, have stopped going, hasn't it, recently, and how they've dropped down. So let's just hope everybody buys into this these seven games in, in the eights and we all get behind Salford and you know the, the lads need our support don't we to, to, to battle through this this middle eights and keep ourselves up yeah other news we've got a new signing uh, Jazz Jazzin Kurt Jazzin Jansen Turgurt Joe signed from Hull FC you know he's, he's quite he was quite a promising player early on in his career yeah I think he's got a I think it's 30 or 40 super belt games under his belt in two or three years which only can bring in some good experience into a side that's not got great vast amount of Super League experience. So he's played at England Academy, so he's got something about him. He can, his, his main position is back row, but he also can cover centre where, with our luck with injuries this year, it's just bring something else in where he can cover if needed. So it's always a positive and it's an extra body to get us going through the eights. 
having that versatility, uh, Paul, both playing in the second row and in the centres, gives Ian Watson options, doesn't it, if injuries do decide to bite again? Yeah, it certainly does, and I think we're a bit light in the, in the second row as well, and from what I've seen of uh, Jansen, he's, he's a big athletic bloke, isn't he? Like you said, he can play centre, second row. And, and that's what you need. I think he's got a bit of pace about him as well. And he's he's got that, you know, he's come through that whole system there. And, they, you know, they've, they've produced some good players over the years. He's only young as well. He's got youth on his side. So I think Ian's probably signing for one for the future. And from what Joe's told me before, it's only for this, this mid-late campaign. So um, he'll be looking, put himself in the shop window to get a contract to, you know, either Salford or where, wherever else. So uh, I think it's a good signing for us. The main thing is that it's another body in the squad as well because, we, you know, if you look back a few weeks ago, it was really light on numbers. You look at things now, it looks a bit more more healthy and a bit more promising. You know, the, the likes of uh, Ed Chamberlain and Greg Burke who've come in as well, plus the returning players from injury that are coming back and the squad seems a bit more healthy than it did a month ago. Yeah, he's obviously he's got uh, points to prove, Joe. Obviously, he's come at Salford. If he plays well, could be a contract in the offering for, for next season. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard Watson saying that he's, He's just here for the seven games, but he's putting himself in the shot window. He's everything, to, everything to prove himself to the team and to himself as well. Because getting released from Hull, is, it wouldn't have done him any favours. It would have disheartened him. But getting him a cup, get the Super League Cup straight away, and he can prove himself at that top level. He can get a contract at Salford, or even if he, even if he's putting himself in the shot window, as long as he puts in everything for Salford, I'm not really too bothered. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, I think. Obviously. Other news as well, Hull Kingston Rovers uh, tickets are available, Paul. £22 for adults, £16 for concessions, it's £16 on a coach as well. Hopefully, we'll get a big following down in uh, Humberside. Yes, yeah, certainly, and I believe the coach doesn't stop at the ground, does it, on Friday night? Because there's a concert on there, I believe. So it doesn't stop there, does it? I think Simple Minds, is it Simple Minds? And some 80s sort of concert, the AJ Bell, so it doesn't stop there. But I'm hoping we do take a big following on Friday night. It's always a tough place to go, isn't it? Going to Old KR, a very hostile sort of place. We've had some some good wins there over the years, haven't we? Especially the million pound game, and like we were saying before, it's it's going to be a really tough night. Old KR, probably one of the, the favourites up there with with Leeds as well as everybody keeps talking about. I'm not so sure about Leeds, but we'll we'll see about that. So yeah, if we can get a result there, obviously we can you get as many people down as we can. It should be a good night and an exciting match. Yeah, pick up at Shanders at three fifty. The Royal Sovereign at. F- Five past four, Eccles four, and the Dogger Partridge Salford number one supporters pub at twenty-five past four. Uh, Joe, hopefully fill a coach, and then we'll be supporting the boys. Yeah, in the I think it was it round twenty where we went away on the Sunday, we took about twenty-five thirty on the coach fill it pretty much full. So it's good signs on a, on a Sunday. So hopefully we get a lot of fans going down on the Friday night to get behind the boys and. I know that the boys do appreciate the fans and the more they're there, the more that it spurs them on, we can get the result. And don't forget all, is it 25% of all tickets go straight to the club, Paul, which is also a valuable income? Yeah, you tell me this every week, I'm sure it must be 25% <laughs> if you tell me every, yeah, like you say, Rob, it's, and if you can buy tickets from the stadium, every little helps, doesn't it, at the moment, as, uh, as Tesco say. And we need all that money, don't we? So yeah, if you can get down there this week, buy your tickets and get there on, on Friday night because Salford need you at this moment in time. Yeah, other bits of news. Um, our sort of some of our academy stars, Will Mills and Matthew Jones, uh, played for Wales under 19s in the European Championships uh, and were part of a team that beat Ukraine 90 points to nil. <laughs> Joe, but being a good player like yourself, you've never been on the other end of that, have you? Funny you should say that. I've been on there a couple of 80s. Yeah. A couple of 80s. Never, never 90s. I've watched Salford do a couple of 80s as well. But I've never, I've, but I've never been on the. I've never been in a side to score 90, so it's good experience for the lads playing the European Championships at such a young age, get some games and caps under the belt, and hopefully they can bring it in and push a first team next year if, they, if they're well and truly good enough. Yeah, playing in these competitions, like Joe said, Paul, you know, it's only going to gain for them, and obviously they'll be looking to kick on from here in the next couple of seasons and, and break into that first team squad and, and start playing. Well, yeah, and we've had a few of the young lads training with the first team this year, haven't we? And you know, it's difficult losing the the 19s like we did a few years ago, and obviously we, that's that's a debate for another day. But we are getting that youth back, aren't we? Now, slowly but surely, it takes time, doesn't it, to get that that pathway in place? But things like this can only be good for for the youth setup we've got at the moment and the the, the good work that the foundation do. So it's great to see those lads pick to represent their countries and, and to do so well. I mean, you can only beat who you're playing, so. It's not their fault they scored 90 points. The more points you can score, the better. So uh, congratulations to them. And I know there's... Um, have they got any more games coming up? I think there's, there's some more coming up soon, is there? 
I did read some out on the amateur report. I can't, I can't quite remember now, but uh, but yeah, they've done excellent there in that result. Yeah, that'll uh, that'll be coming up shortly. Also, we had uh, Dan Goddard who played for Ireland, uh, and he went down or they went down to defeat twenty eight points to eighteen. But you know, to closer games like that, Joe, you you, you learn more than a, a ninety point drubbing. No doubt about it. With them with games, you learn you learn all about yourself and your results and your fitness, and especially at that young age, playing it in a tournament, a high tournament for that age, you learn you learn if you're good enough. So it's a l- make and break for a lot of players in that tournament if they're playing up against players that maybe are playing for a different top league super league clubs. They don't get to play with with the, no reserve structure, so it shows what you can do and shows if you're good enough and or what you need to do to improve. So. It only can be good for the three lads competing in the championships, and also I think Paul it gives you know players who think about who are thinking about coming signing for Salford. They see these players playing international foot, football, and they think you know I might go to Salford now and get an opportunity. So it's 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 kind of important that these boys are celebrated. I think uh, you know for their achievements to hopefully promote other kids that are coming through. Well, yeah, it helps to grow the brand of Salford Red Devils, doesn't it, Rob? Especially the way we did lose the, the youth. So perhaps that put a lot of kids and, and parents off, didn't it, really? You know, saying that we've not got that, that pathway. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care what you say, any any young player, they'll aspire to play Super League level, won't they? Or play in the Championship. They all want to be rugby league players, don't they, when they when they grow up and when, when they sort of get to them teenage years. And these lads are fulfilling a dream at the moment. And, you know, we, we want them to go as far as they, they possibly can in, in the game of rugby league, don't we? And, you know, the way they go at the moment... They're doing really well, and they, you know, let's just hope the you know the sky's the limit for them. Yeah, that's so. That's all the news coming out of the Salford Devils this week. Next up on the Devil in Detail, we have Paul White's um, Paul Whiteside's Amit Report, where he talks all about the fixtures and results for our, our local sides. Here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. We'll start off this week with the National Conference Leagues and the results and fixtures from there. Starting on Saturday, Wigan St. Patrick's beat Rochdale Mayfield by 32 points to 24. Funny defeat for Rochdale Mayfield, a third bottom. Wigan St. Pat's were second bottom, four points adrift in Mayfield. Mayfield were expected to perhaps go there and get a result, but they went down by 32 points to 24. Moving on to Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers went down 54 points to 10 at Dewsbury Moor Maroons. And in Division 3, Millham 32, Waterhead Warriors 14, Salford City Roosters 14, Wollstone Rovers 34. And a much improved performance from Salford City Roosters. They led 14 points to 12 at half-time. Paul Morgan scoring all the points with two tries and three goals. But sadly, Wollstone Rovers just had enough to edge the game in the second half, 34 points to 14. The fixtures for this Saturday, the 11th of August, Rochdale Mayfield are at home to Kells in the Premier Division. In Division 2, it's Saddleworth Rangers against Stanningley. And in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's play Gateshead Storm and Waterhead Warriors are at home to Salford City Roosters. Well, there's not so many results in the North West Men's League, but I'll give you the ones that we do have this week. On Wednesday night in the Premier Division, Haydock beat Folly Lane by 38 points to 12. And on Saturday, there was a that was a sorry that was a Premier Division result. On Saturday, there was a result in the North West Men's League Trophy Final. Oldham St Anne's beat Wigan St Cuthberts by 40 points to 24. And Rochdale. Mayfield A beat Hindpool Tigers away from home, 56 points to 16. That was in a Division 1 fixture also on Saturday. No fixtures have been published for this coming week. In the Under-18s Championship, the European Championship, England beat Serbia by 64 points to nil. Scotland beat Ireland 28-18 and Wales beat the Ukraine by 90 points to nil. So those results means England will now meet Wales in the semi-finals on Wednesday the 8th of August and Scotland will take on either France or Italy depending on the result of the game between the last two sides. Following Sunday's quarter-finals in Belgrade, Ireland will take part in the plate competition also on Wednesday. The finals will be staged in Belgrade on Saturday the 11th of August. So we'll give you all those results next next week on next week's podcast. As we mentioned last week, the Northwest Lionhearts were heading for a, for a tour of, of Serbia. They played an international in Belgrade last week and they won by 30 points to 20. They were pushed all the way by the Serbia under-19s, but a great result for the Northwest England under-18s, Lionhearts. So a great win there. And the Lionhearts had a counter for Belgrade, 56 points to 8 in the tour opener. So uh, so very successful tour so far for the England uh, under-18s, Lionhearts. So well done to everybody involved on that tour. 
Well, finally, this week, before I wrap things up, we'll just give you the Challenge Cup scores. I know I say this every week, the Challenge Cup is not an amateur tournament, but it's something that I always like to mention anyway. So I'll just give you the scores out, not that you probably don't know anyway, but Catalan Dragons beat St. Helens by 35 points to 16, and Leeds Rhinos were beaten by 48 points to 12 against Warrington Wolves. So Warrington will now play Catalan Dragons in the Challenge Cup final in three weeks time don't forget Salford are in action on Friday night Rob will tell you all about this on the podcast anyway it's the Super 8s the qualifiers we're away to Hulkingston Rovers with an 8 o'clock kickoff. all the ticket information will be in the main podcast that's it from me I shall see you at Craven Park in Hull on Friday night So that was Paul Whiteside's amateur report. Next up on the Devil of Detail, we're going to be looking at the facts and stats of our players in the 2018 season. 24 hours a day. Radio Contact. Devil in Detail. So, stats. Talking about stats, Paul. They tell you a lot, don't they? Yeah, I'm not a massive stat man. You like your stats, don't you? I know you do as well, don't you, Joe? Um, yeah, they, they can do. Yeah, they can tell you an awful lot about how, how things are going. And you know, I, I was looking at the stats at halftime. Um, I think it was halftime of the Catalan and St. Helens game on the BBC at the weekend, and it just showed. You know, it showed how they completed the sets and they'd not made any mistakes, and it showed in the scoreline. And I, I think the commentator said, "Oh, look, um, Catalans have hardly done any tackling." And I thought, well, yeah, it's quite an obvious stat because they've had loads of ball and Salem's have been doing all the tackling. So, so yeah, uh, you love a good stat. And I, I like them. I like them. Yeah, I think you can tell a lot, can't you, Joe? I think, especially individuals, you know, when they do top tacklers and top meter makers, you, you, a lot of work goes unseen, I think. And, you know, stats like that, you know, shows that players do graft. Yeah, we, I call it the dirty work. A lot of players, like Logan Tompkins and yeah, Josh Woods and... Even your Chris Williams, that they they get caught out for missing tackles, but what you don't see is they make thirty, forty tackles a game, and especially where this season going with the heat, it's the dirty work that will get us games and it'll get wins and get more experience on the back of the players. So stats don't lie for me, and it shows you who's working, who's not, and who isn't good enough to make the grade as well. So it tells you everything you need to know about a team and about a, a match. Yeah, so let's so let's start. Looking at the the top try scorers, we'll go top five in each category. The, the, f- the fifth top try scorer at the moment is Rob Lewis with six. Uh, Paul, you know he, he does a lot of try assists as well, but gets over the line, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, he creates a lot for for solve with Robert Lewis, and I think that's the good thing now with Jackson Aston's coming. It's going to take that bit of pressure off Robert Lewis, but Robert's a, a creator and he's an X factor player, and uh, you know he's chipped in well with his six tries that he scored. Yeah, uh, fifth, sorry, fourth place. We've got Chris Wellen with six, Junior Sow with uh, seven at number three, and Nia Levels uh, at number two with eight. Uh, Joe, you know, look, looking at that backline, our top five t- try scorers all our backline division, which is which is strange, really, because you think the forwards would have chipped in. Well, you you would normally, but with what of our players. We do tend to get out the back and double wedges, triple wedges sometimes, and inside balls a lot to our full-back. So it doesn't surprise me with the way Watson sets up that we are hitting a lot of tries outside in the, in that 10 and the 70 zone. So it doesn't surprise me, but for me, there should be a lot more. We should have a lot more players and double figures if we want to compete for bigger and better things. Yeah, our top try scorer so far this season, Paul, Jake Bibby with 11. You know... What you know, he's really has developed, I think, as a, as a really good winger, top try scorer at the moment. You know, he's only going to get better for me. Yeah, I don't think Jake's the finished article yet. He, you know, sometimes his, his finishing's just not quite there, but he's learning the game all the time, and he's, he has improved over the last few years and took his chance as well. And eleven tries is a good return. And don't forget, we've still got at least seven games left for him to be great for him to get it to, to twenty. That would really would be a good achievement. But like Joe says there, I think looking at those try scoring stats. I think we're the lowest point scorers in the league and that's there for all to see. There's just one one guy who's got, got over 10, so it, it has been a bit of a struggle scoring points this season. We've said it on numerous podcasts, haven't we, where we've, we've struggled to score three tries in a match sometimes and, and get over that 16 points. So that's something we definitely need to look at to improve. Yeah. Obviously, you don't score here, Joe. And, you know, looking at our top five uh, try assisters, you've got Junior Sal with nine levels with... Uh, Junior Sal with five, a lot of people talk about 
he's not he's an ability to, to offload, but he's in the top five in our assisters with seven. Uh, four. No, but yeah, you would expect more. Like you said, we're not been scoring a lot of tries this year, so doesn't surprise me we're in low figures again for try assists, but they're all coming from the right men that should be getting the try assists. I know we're talking about the top five, but the top eight are the, the people that I would pick out that are picking that I would pick for try assists. So it's no surprise that Sal is there and he should be there. So, But he has got the same try assists as Gareth O'Brien. He's not played for us in 20 weeks. So what can he say? Yeah, I might have to get the ruler out here because I, I thought it moved to the end, but it didn't. Yeah, like you said, Junior Sal with four. You've got nine levels with five. Logan Tompkins with six. Um, so perhaps, well, a little bit surprised. Jack Littlejohn, our second top top assister with six. A lot of people gave him stick, um, a bit of stick while he was playing, but you know he's been out for injured for a few weeks, and he's second in the uh, the assistant. Well, we mentioned it a few times, didn't we? He sort of came came good, didn't he? Just before he got injured, he had an excellent game away at Warrington. I think he created a couple of tries that night. So, uh, what's he got six all season? So I think he got two that night. So, so yeah. Again, these stats aren't doing us very very good, really. Are they? Don't doing us justice because. They do look like we, we have struggled a bit there, especially with, with the try assisters. How many players did we get over um, into double figures? We didn't get any there, did we? No. no, so, yeah, so. And as Joe said, Gareth O'Brien was up there and he's not played for us for a long time, has he? So, so yeah. Well, obviously, there's other highlights as well. Um, talking about the top tacklers, like you said, Joe, the people are doing their hard work. Uh, Lee Mossup has 476 tackles. Uh, Josh Wood... 477 that's that's a tremendous amount I think 477 for such a well, see, he's not the biggest bloke in the world is he no he's quite small but this year you've seen him week in week out he's getting better and he's get, he's getting bigger up top which is if Watson sees him as a hooker f- for the foreseeable then he needs to get big bigger he's not going to be doing a lot of minutes anymore so his tackle won't be as much with Lussett's coming in but with if he wants to play hooker I'm not too sure if he thinks he's just himself a hooker but it's not a bad return for being that small and being relatively experienced in the Super League to have that amount of tackles and watching games. We do depend on his, on his tackling a lot because we have got a lot of forwards doing big minutes. So that doesn't surprise me. The top five, your top ten tackles should always be middle players anyway. So we've not had a lot of good balls, so the tackling stats don't are not surprising, but it shows, again, we're not really attacking a lot either. Yeah, obviously with Lusick coming in, though, Paul, this gives Josh Wood, you know, an opportunity to rest and, you know, possibly do a bit more in attack. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I'm with Joe there. I'm not so sure where Josh Wood sees himself. I mean, I know I think people have said loose forward. Is he an half-back? Is he an hooker? I've noticed this season he has put a, a lot of like weight up top and he's, his hits have been hard as well. You know, there was a couple of hits in that Leeds game where they really shook some of their players up, so he is putting himself about. But just going off the, the top players there, I think you've got Lama Tazi there, and I'm really surprised at that. I didn't think Lama had done that much tackling, 530. That that's, that shocked me a bit, that. Um, Tyrone McCarthy, 537, but Logan Tompkins, 630. I think that's a mammoth effort, that. I mean, that's... Not quite Malcolm Alker, is it? But, I mean, he was like 900 to 1,000, wasn't he, Malcolm? But uh, Logan Tompkins is a big, big effort. And don't forget, he's been injured for, for quite a bit now as well. Yeah, I suppose being the the experienced hooker, Joe, you know, he's going to be in and around every tackle, isn't he? And he does a lot of carries as well. It's important, and meter makers as well. It's, he d- he's got the complete game. And really, you know, with Lucic coming in, it's going to be a battle between them three. You get the, the two spots. Yeah, I'm not too sure how long Tompkins has got left. We've got Brynn as well that hopefully... Might come back to the end of the eight, so it's going to be a tough battle in the in the hookers. But Tompkins shows the experience when he plays, he, and like we said before, he does a lot of the dirty work. He gets a lot of stick, but he does a really lot of dirty work for the club and for the, his teammates. He'll do a lot of tackles during games. He'll do a lot of back to back, but also this year as well, he's brought in something different. Where we saw Alka to the end of his career, he's brought a little bit of a kicking game coming in, which is is helps us at times. It's turned defenses round. So I think it's a lot of people don't like him, but he does a lot of the dirty work for me, and he's he's a good all-round sort of hooker, and he'll always make he'll always make the passes as well. He never rarely throws a bad pass. Yeah, but I think important as well, Paul. We talk about tackle bursts as well. Um, looking at the the stats there, got Chris Wellen with thirty-five tackle bursts, Daryl Alfords with forty-four. 
Daryl Offert's always kind of impressed me with his in collision. He always kind of, like you say, bursts, tackles and, and wins collision. And I think that fourth position, you know, is justified. He's a deceptively strong broke, uh, Daryl Offert's as well. And he, he's come into his own the last few weeks. I know a lot of people were sort of saying... He's made a big step up for him from League One this season, and it's a massive step that to come into Super League. And with Chris Bryan as well, did did the same thing last year and really shone for us. So, but Darrell, I, I think he's he's definitely a player who can go places. What is he now? Twenty six, twenty seven. So he, he's not a young kid, and 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 he has he had to sort of make that that step up, and uh, and yeah, he's ma- he's making a lot of meters and he's doing really well. I think he's just a bit iffy under the eyeball, but last couple of weeks he has uh, he's improved massively for me. Yeah, obviously Rob Lewis is third with 49, but he would be going obviously going to the line and making things happen. He's going to burst tackles in it. Uh, Junior Sal uh, with is second with 60, but the top uh, is Josh Jones. Uh, Joe, you know, he's always sort of quite physical. He's always bouncing off tackles, and it shows that being our top uh, tackle burster. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. He's always, it's rarely, rarely that Josh doesn't win a collision. He'll always get on the front foot as well when attacking. He's, he really gets pushed back, and he's again he's been out injured this season as well. So it's it's good to see and that we have got players that can make that burst and win the play of the ball and get a fast play of the ball. But for me, we still don't see it enough. People winning collision, getting that fast play of the ball, making bursts. If you watch the other eleven, well, other ten teams in Super League, they'll have that little spark of a player that will make a tackle burst. That's what we're still missing. With the goal forward, the quick play of the balls in the 20 and 30 metres. Yeah, obviously, you know, we talk about sort of carries as well, Paul. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of, this stat's a bit of a confusing one for me because obviously you've got the likes of Jake Bibby and Daryl Olferts uh, up near the top, but they're going to retrieve the ball, aren't they, when the fifth tackle comes. So it, can you make much of that, really? Yeah, I think a good winger will always come inside looking for work, won't he? Especially when you're down, say you've been pinned down by a big kick down there, you know, into your own half and you're trying to get those those quick metres out. Justin Carney was a big one for that, wasn't he? He would come in and get you on that front foot. And I think that's something that Darrell's brought into the game. Your carries are normally going to be your um, your big forwards, aren't they? You know, Lamataz is up there, but I'm surprised Junior Sal's in there. But you look at Junior's game, he's rough and tumble, isn't he? He'll, he'll pick the ball up and, and run at anybody, won't he? And, you know, he reminds me of a fat scene sort of player. He'll just, you know, rather than run round, he'll try and run through you, won't he? So I'm not surprised he's top at that. Yeah, Jake Bibby with 199 carries. Uh, Delo Foots with 207. Lamatazzi with 211. Uh, Rob Lou with 254. But the top junior, so all action. And it shows that, doesn't it, Joe? Yeah, it does. It shows that Watson's game plan really is uh, that second, third tackle and we do it a lot when we're on the back foot. We get our wingers and centres and our full-backs doing a lot of the dirty work in our own half and the props are getting a rest or tired from all the tackling we've done this season. But the, the surprising one for me is the 2-5-4, Rob Lewis in space. As a standoff, I don't know how he's done that, but he shouldn't be doing that that many over 23 games. It's unheard of. He shouldn't be doing that many carries. He should be that out the back. Unless he's getting caught and they're counting that as a carry, I can see that. But for me, your standoff shouldn't be your second highest carry of the ball. It should be your top five, probably your backs and a couple of props, but not your standoff for me. You agree with that, Paul? You're nodding your head there? Yeah, I think that stat sort of jumped straight out at me is how we've struggled at halfback this season. And he's been sort of isolated on his own. He's been caught with the ball. He struggled on that last tackle. And he's, he's, you know, he'll try and do that up, skipping a jump, Louis. Sometimes, won't he? And he has been caught a few times. And I think that just highlights how we have struggled. Hopefully, now with with Jackson Hastings coming in to take that bit of pressure off him, Robert Louis gonna have a bit more freedom to do, you know, the the business on the last tackle rather than getting caught with it. Yeah, obviously, looking at the meter makers uh, as well, uh, Lee Mossop is fifth with one thousand five hundred thirty. He only just missed out on the uh, the carries, even he was sixth. Uh, Paul, and you know, he is one of our big go forward forwards, isn't he? He's a big, nasty middle, isn't he, Lee Mossop? He's a, he's a big bloke, and I think the last couple of weeks, especially the, the Leeds game, he was having a really good match until he, he was shown the red card, and um, he's hard to stop. He's a big fella as well, isn't he? And I'm not surprised to see, see he's in there, and Lama Taz is in there as well. I thought I thought Lama would be in there, and uh, I think, you know, Craig Kopjack would have been up there, you know, had he not been injured. He's been out for it for a while and missed quite a bit of the season, hasn't he? So, uh, so yeah, I'm not surprised Lee Mossop's in there, though. 
Yeah, I think it's obviously talking about meter makers. Ben Nakambuai is ninth uh, with 1,268. Started like a house on fire early. This is kind of fading out a bit. You know, you think it's, you know, first season Super League, finding it tough? Yeah, I think he's finding it tough. He came in like a whirlwind coming back off a relatively good World Cup, getting some World Cup games under his belt and coming in all guns blades and running good lines, but with very little experience playing top league and it shows really that he gets found out a couple of times in defence being flat footed, I know he's had to cover in second row and he's not a natural second rower but he's kind of faded and teams have kind of figured out with him that he likes to run it from long and hard and teams are doubling up on him and what I've noticed this year is well, a lot of the top teams when Ben Nakamura's on that they'll do something which is called a red or pepper set, they'll, they'll run it in for three or four tackles so he's not that as dangerous in when we're attacking. So teams have spotted what he does and what when we use him. So hopefully Watson can get him going again for the eights. A red hot pepper set, and that's something you can get for Nando's, Paul. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> we're just none longer. Yeah, yeah, red hot pepper set. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's coaching talk. Uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, looking at the stats, average gains as well. I think that's important, obviously, with, with the metres and the carries. Um, looking at the top five, nine levels is at as an average gain with seven and a half metres. Lee Mossert with Nick with 7.8 metres. Uh, Jake Bibby with 7.9 metres. Ed Chamberlain with 8.2. Uh, Joe, you know, that's that's outstanding, that. That's not bad for four games. No. <sighs> not bad at all. It shows, when he's been playing fullback, he shows that he'll run the ball and he'll run it hard and he'll try and get that on the front foot. And he comes in for his work in the centres as well. Again, that's not showing... It's a bit hard for him and Hayson being top with averages because they've played fewer games but the Aces one don't surprise me he made about four breaks against Leeds but apart from that nothing really surprises me doesn't surprise me to see all them players in the top 10 Chris Wellams actually is quite surprising I didn't expect him to make 7 or 9 but it does take a lot out from his own laugh and again it's a lot of wingers because they do have 10 metres ahead of the play so that's right for me again Cobjack, Tarzan, Olfert, uh, and Nakamura being in the top 10 three forward, so that doesn't surprise me. Obviously, you know, we, we've had a quick look at these stats, haven't we, Paul? You know, does that kind of, like, give you an idea who you think could be player of the year at the end of the season? Uh, yeah, I think, well, I'll have our own opinions on who would be player of the year. I think there's a few names that, that, that could be bounded about. I think there's a fair chance that these seven matches are going to have a big say in who your player of the year is going to be, so I'm not going to give you mine just yet, but you can get a lot from those stats, Robin. Just just going off um, those last couple of players there that you mentioned, you know, the Ed Chamberlain, I think Ed's been an excellent signing. I really do. I think we've got a, a bit of a gem there from Widness. I mean, I don't know how we've managed to pull that one off. You know, Weller Haraki went the other way. No disrespect to Weller, he's, you know, he's coming towards the, the, the twilight of his career now, and we've signed a young lad there in Ed, and a young forward in Greg Burke, so um, I think we did did very well very well out of that deal. But just looking at Jackson Ace, and say 11, what was it, 11.2, 11.29 uh, per, per carry there, was the average game per carry there, so uh, he's got a lot to live up to this week now. That's not bad in 20 minutes. <laughs> This 20 minutes cameo from Jackson Hastings could turn into folklore at the moment, isn't it, Joe? <laughs> His best 20 minutes I've ever seen anyone play a game in rugby league. He can do anything for me now. I'm, I'm not bothered. He'll turn up in that sevens, and I get, he'll be the factor that we need, and hopefully he'll bring us in, but hopefully he can turn up for 80 minutes on Friday. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we're having a quick look at the, the club stats as well. Um, try scores, we are sort of second bottom of the table with 69 witness uh, uh, with 65 kind of show sums up our problem really of, of this season not scoring enough points yeah just looking at that stat Huddersfield are in 10th place and I think that that's a funny stat because Huddersfield have shot right up the table haven't they since they got the new coach it just shows how poor they started the season they've only got 74 tries Wakefield I think are up there with 100 aren't they uh, in second place, so yeah, it's a it's it's a funny stat that one. But we have, as we said before, try scoring for us has been a, has been a problem all season, and point scoring, and that's why we found ourselves, you know, second bottom of the table. So we're hoping now with the players we've got in the squad, it's going to be different coming this uh, this middle eight. Yeah, it kind of shows that we get is it three three tries a game, Joe? What's that? 18, 6, 12, 18 points. Not really enough to win a game, really. 
It's certainly not. We've if you've aspirations for top four, top eight, you need to be scoring more than three game three tries a game. It's not being negative, but it's not good enough for a super league side. Three three games three tries a game, over twenty three games. You don't deserve to go down, but you need to score more than that to stay up. So hopefully we can get a couple more tries during games this season. I suppose because we're not attacking, Paul. We're doing a lot more defending, and we're, we're sort of second in the the tackling uh, stats with nearly eight thousand, well over eight thousand tackles so far uh, this season. Um, yeah, I suppose if you're not got the ball, you've got to work defensively, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely, Rob. That's that's one of the obvious ones, I think, isn't it? I would have expected Widnes and, and Salford to be top of that because we've scored the least points and we've done the most defending, haven't we? And Leeds are there as well, so it's almost the, the bottom four there, isn't it? That's at the top of that. Okay, are just. Well, okay, are not bad actually, are they? They're, they've done the least. They've done the least tackling according to them stats. There and they're, they're in the bottom four, so that's a funny one. But yeah, I'd expect us to to be to be there because as you said before, it's not been good enough. It's been like sort of sixteen points we've been averaging. We kept saying that, didn't we, on the podcast earlier in the year? That, that, you know, there's a lot of games that we could have been in. Have we the score? Have we the score points? I mean, the classic example was away at, at Leeds on um, on Easter Monday. We lost that game twenty nil, didn't we? We had chances in that game, and if we could have took some of them, we could have got the results. So we're that's something we're hoping we, is going to change now in, the, in this middle eights. Now we've got Jackson Hastings in there. You know, Nile Levels has come back into the side. You know, this, this young guy, this Joey Lusick's in there as well. We've got a few more attacking options. Ed Chamberlain as well. So hopefully there's a lot more points in that side. And going to Hulk Air on Friday night, I'm confident we can score more than 20 points and win the game. Yeah, obviously looking at it, the, the stats meter makers, we're at 10th as well with 2,598. Like I say, Oakland's Robes are just above us with 2,600 and... 2,006... No, 26,484 metres. Um, kind of shows are quite close together there, really, Joe. Yeah, I think our seasons have been mirroring each other quite a, a little bit where we've got a win, they've got a loss. So we're not too far away player-wise as well, we kind of match match for match in all areas of the game, so that doesn't really surprise me. The surprising start again from that is Huddersfield bottom on 25,000 and they've managed to get in the top eight, so it's a funny old league, rugby league, so anything can happen and it just shows from the stats that they show a lot of things, but they show things that you, you don't really see and you wouldn't really expect. It's going to be very, very interesting. Obviously, we'll we'll try and get as many stats as possible uh, as the season progresses, Paul. And you know, hopefully, boy, the boys with these new signs coming in, they'll uh, rocket up the try scoring charts and be scoring loads of tries in the uh, mid lakes. Well, like, yeah, let's hope so. I mean, you're going to be playing the bottom bottom sides, aren't you, in, in the mid lakes and and the four championship sides as well. No disrespect to them, but you'd like to think you get a bit more more success against them. You got a bit more pace, hopefully, than they've got. Uh, London, uh, Toulouse, Toronto and Halifax. So yeah, and I'm expecting some more points and I, I think we, before we started the, the show tonight, we've all been saying that, haven't we? We've spoke to each other off air about the um, the renewed optimism of the Jackson Hastings signing and him coming and I think, going back to that Leeds game, we did look like we had a lot more points in us. There's been games at the AJ Bell this season where we've looked and thought, we've, we've never looked like scoring and we've been nil quite a few times this season. We've been nil three times this season or two. We've been kept trialers three times, haven't we? Nil twice, is it? So, that's really disappointing in the season. That I mean, going back to our tries, our average tries a game and things like that before, you know, those games where we didn't score a try. Was it St. Helens we didn't score one? Leeds we didn't score one? I think we got nilled at Wigan as well, didn't we? So that's really disappointing in the season to, to go three games without scoring. So so yeah, I think we've, we've turned that corner now. I really do, going back to that Leeds game. I know we can keep talking about that, can't we? We've not won anything from that game. But I think it's given everybody that confidence and that belief. So there's a lot of pressure riding on, on Friday night for us to perform. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting. And uh, what we'll do now, we'll talk about the uh, the game against Hulkingston Rovers on Friday. So, Solver Devils take on Hawkins Row was the first game of the, the middle eights. Paul, how important is it that we get a good start? I think it's massive for Robbie. It's seven games, isn't it, now in, in this sort of mini league? And every game's a cup final. You can't afford a slow start. If you remember back to the, the 2016 season. I think we beat Huddersfield in the first game, didn't we, if I remember rightly? 
popped up on my memories today on uh, Facebook and we were doing a bit of a report from that game. We wiped the floor with them. Then we lost a couple of games. We lost to London Broncos at home, didn't we? And had, uh, had a bit of a nightmare. Lost to Hull Car at home. So you can't afford to, to, to lose your home games. But this this game at Hull Car, is, you know, the Hull Car and Leeds game are two, two tough games and they're probably the toughest two we're going to play in, the, in these eight. So uh, if we could get a result at Hull Car, I think it'd be, it'd be massive for us then. And it's not the end of the world if we lose that game, but uh, if we could get a result, it'd be, it'd be huge for us. Yeah, they've only lost one in the last six, Joe. That shows they're a team in form. And, you know, it's, it's going to be tough going to Hawkins Rovers, but the middle eights is a competition in its own right. And, you know, our boys need to be fully focused and up for the win. Yeah, they've had a, a, a bit of form. So the, it's going to be a tough game, but everyone starts on a clean slate. So it doesn't matter who you're playing. Everyone starts on zero. But with Hawkins, they've got some experienced players in Danny Maguire, who's been there, done that. Joel Tompkins been there and done that. Sean Lump been there and done that. Also, they've got players like Danny Tickle, Lee Jewett, Ben Crooks, Craig Hall, Adam Quinlan, Rob Bullhearn. They all roll off the tongue of, of top players that have played in top size and could even get into top size still. So, it's not going to be an easy game and that's what people need to remember that even though it's a clean slate, it is going to be a hard game. Every game is going to be a hard game. So, don't need to be frightened but we need to be wary of what could happen against Hulkier but We've got should have every confidence in going back in after the Leeds game. Obviously, the venue of our million pound miracle, Paul. Do you think it has any kind of like such psychological effect out of the game? Uh, it did do a few weeks ago. We lost by fifty today, <laughs> so I don't know. I think there's still quite a few players in that on our side who played in that game. I can't read them all off the top of my head. Mark Flanagan was there, wanting nine level scored in that game. Josh Jones. So yeah, I don't think that'll come into it because it's not that sort of game, is it? This is it's not a one-off cup sort of game, is it? This is run-of-the-mill sort of league game now. So okay, is there, is there many of those lads left from that million-pound game? I'm not too sure. Joe's just reamed quite a few of them off their new signings that they brought, and don't forget Todd Carney's coming there as well. He can provide that X factor. So that's going to be a battle that's going to be interesting on the, on Friday night. You know, Todd Carney for for Hulkington Rovers and, and Jackson Hastings for Salford. We mentioned tonight on on the radio, didn't we, on Sports Zone about. Um, Chris Atkin, the, the young halfback who was at Swinton, who I've been very impressed with this season. They've got Danny Maguire there as well. They've got some clever players. Craig Hall, who, who Joe just mentioned, I really like Craig. I think he's an excellent player. Made his second debut for OKR last week at Hull. Scored two really good tries in that derby win away from home at the KC Stadium. So they are a bit of a farm side at the moment. I know they've got a draw against Cass. I think they beat, they beat Wigan quite convincingly at, um, at Craven Park. They won the Hull derby last week as well. So... They have, they've come up trumps the last few weeks and, and Tim Sheen seems to have got them playing a, a good brand of rugby league. So it's going to be a really difficult game. But it, we've got to be confident. That Leeds game has got to have given us some confidence now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, you've got Danny Maguire, you've got Todd Carney. You know, they, they have genuine quality in it. I wonder how they're going to fit them all in, really. Yeah, they've. I think they're what they'll go into the game is they'll go into the game with Maguire at six and... Carney possibly off the bench. He he may start having now had three weeks for him. But what surprised me that they've done a couple of times this year is started Tommy Lee at seven and then started Chris Aiken or Lunt at nine and Aiken coming on and playing nine. So they've got five players there to fill three positions. So it's going to be a difficult year for him. They've also got Marcus Blair who's been turning out as well from in the arse and winning in games as well. I know Blair played seventy minutes on the wing against us a couple of weeks ago. So. They've got a couple of experienced players in them. It's them vital positions. So, for me, I would go with Maguire and Carney with the experience and the quality they have got. Carney's an ex NRL Young Player of the Year. He's won the Go Fort Medal. So, for me, it's it's all go forward for them. And I think Aiken will come off the bench or start at nine with Lunt off the bench, which for me is not a nine, but that's where Sheen sees him for this season. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, Tim Sheen's v Ian Watson. Um, Tim Sheen's got lots of uh, coaching experience. Ian Watson kind of like building this reputation. Um, you know, if if he if he secures a win away at Old Kingston Rovers in the first uh, game of the, the Middle Eights, Paul, you know, it's it's certainly a, a marker in the sand on where this club's going. It'd be a massive statement, Rob. It really would. I mean, I said to you tonight, um, you're not going to stay up by beating Hull KR, but... It, it's going to send a big statement out and, and be very positive because we, we play a home game. And I think we play London Broncos. Is it London Broncos our second game? So, yeah, I don't think you can pick and choose any of the games. They're all going to be difficult, but you'd probably say Leeds and OKR are going to be, you know, two tough games, two tough places to go, two places we've not got the, the best record at. But looking at their squad, they've, 
they've got some decent players there and you're thinking, well, how, how have they managed to, to finish in that bottom four? So I think the, the turnaround in form, I think if the league started again now, I don't think they'd finish in the bottom four. I think I think they'd probably be in the top eight going off the, the, the form that they've picked up. But there's no reason why they can't go and win there. They've, they've lost games this season. They're not in the bottom four for because they've been good at all season. They've been pretty inconsistent like us. They finished three points. They're much of a much less, aren't they? They're pretty similar to us, as, as Joe said before. Um, just looking at the side, though, they've got some big players there, haven't they? I'm getting a bit worried now. That, that James Greenwood as well, I think he impressed me a few weeks ago, the forward, when we played against him. Did he play at St. Helens? Oh, was he at Wigan? He was at Wigan, wasn't he? And yeah, we had him on loan, didn't we, for, for, for a time as well. And as Joe said, there's a few ex-Alpha players in there, Lee Jewett, Tommy Lee. Uh, Todd Carney as well. I, I'm just really interested in the Todd Carney and Jackson Hastings battle. I think that's going to be, you know, if, if is Todd going to play though? I mean, like you said before, there's quite a few halfbacks there we, we can pick from. Why? Why are we worried? We've got we've got quality players in in that squad. Got Jackson Hastings walking on water, and, and in that first twenty minutes, everyone was running off him. We look like a we look like a championship winning team in that first twenty minutes, Joe. How long have you been watching Salford for? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We never make it easy, and I think it that's on the back of the majority of fans' minds. We never make it easy for ourselves. Never have. Never will. So, we never make it easy for ourselves. We always pick up that one weird defeat. Yeah, we got in the middle of game in London at home, and they turn us over. So, hopefully we don't do it again, but at the end of the day, Salford, Salford, and we'll always make you tear your hair out no matter what. Yeah, but this, this is the new Salford. This is new culture. This Joe, we we need to be able to go to teams like Hulkinson Rovers, Paul, and win. So we need to we need to build this 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 physique, this you know, mentality that we go to Hulkinson Rovers and we aren't the underdog. We go and win it. I love his optimism, Joe. This is why he's still waiting for his Nando's, his <laughs> daft predictions all season. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think as a, as a Solvers but I think you're always a bit cautious, aren't you? Because we've been burnt that many times before. We've gone to matches before. I mean, supporters older than us who were around in the 60s, 70s, 80s, they'll tell you, you know, the, there's games they've been to and he was expected to win and they've come home and we've, we've blown it. So you're always cautious aren't you and you know looking at that old Kingston Rovers I, I don't think it's going to be going to be a walkover I'm predicting Salford to win I think, we'll, I think we'll win on Friday night I really do I think we've got the players to win I think it'll be a tight game I think both sides are going to go for it I think it'll be an excellent game as well I don't know why they didn't have that one on telly because I think that's going to be one of the, the best games of the weekend but as for uh, as for being confident no ask me at full time I'll be really nervous but I'm expecting us to, to give a good account of ourselves yeah, I think you've got to shake off this this mentality, uh, Joe. Of oh, we won't beat all Kinsarovs, we'll get beat at Leeds every game. They're there, they're in the bottom four for a reason. They're not there because we picked them randomly. You know, what I mean, yeah, they're on a bit of a you know in some good form at the moment. But the middle eights is the middle eights. Pressure is building. Memories of of million pound miracles. It could it could happen. It's like Paul said there. The pressure is on them. They're the farm team. They're the home team. You know, we've got some good players. We've got Jackson Hastings. We've got Lusick. We've got some good players in that squad who have started to fire. It could be it could be a moment for us where we win and then we set a marker. Yeah, no doubt we're going in with it 100%. The players won't even be thinking about the million-pound game. I know that for a, a fact. They will have that at the back of their mind. They'll just be going there for that 80 minutes. They'll prepare right. They'll prepare for the win. So there is... With the mentality, it's it's going back to what I said before that it's Salford Salford at the end of the day that we've seen it, seen it, been there, done that. So it's hard to get out of that mentality, especially for a lot of the fans that have had the heartbreak, had the disheartening. But hopefully this year the players can go in and show us that they they've got the heart and want to play for the team and not playing for a contract. So I think we'll go in and be positive. Yeah, we talk about heartbreak, Paul, but don't forget, Million Pound Miracle, semi-final of the Challenge Cup, we're on the up. Apart from we've had a bit of a dodgy season this season, but talking about heartbreaks, we've not had one for the last couple of years, let's be fair. We lost that Challenge Cup semi-final, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> we got there, we didn't get anything. Who remembers who losing the semis, though? That's, that's the, it was an achievement, I think, getting there, wasn't it? Uh, we won the Million Pound game, yeah. And yeah, the Million Pound game was great. You know, we didn't win anything for that, but... You know, it was it was an achievement. We we got that result away from home against all the odds as well. Um, so yeah, I'm loving your your optimism, and yeah, I think it's cautious is the word. I think it's not that you don't believe. You're just a bit cautious, aren't you? And you know, I'm not like a 
some of these Warrington and Saint supporters who think they, they, they're going to go out and stuff everybody. I am I'm cautious. I think every side deserves respect. I think okay, just going off their, their form, I think they deserve the respect. But you've got to go then and believe. And I'd, I'd fully expect the players this week in training to believe they can win the game. We don't want them thinking, oh, it's okay. And like you said there, because if you if you if you have that mentality, it's okay away. It's Leeds away where we've only had two wins since 1977. You're not going to win. And then you've lost two games then, and then you've got five left. One of them's Toronto, which is going to be a tough game. You've got London away, which is going to be a tough game. Halifax away, which is a bit of an unknown quantity. Then the pressure starts building. And then you've got to win those other five games. So I don't think you can afford to say, oh, right. The, I've heard supporters say it on social media. Oh, right, the Leeds and OK game. You can't afford to do that. You've got to go in in all these games and try and, and try and win every single one of them. Yeah, that, that's like Russian roulette, isn't it? Writing them two off, Joe. And, you know, we go into every game, think we're going to win. Yeah, it goes back to it starting on zero points. You go into every game, you've got seven games to get 14 points. Get as many points as you can in seven games, quick as you can. Get as many points as you can in a game. Score as many tries. It it doesn't matter. Now you just need them two points. Lee's gone. You need to get in that top three. You don't want to be in that million pound a game again. It's bad for the players. It's bad for the fans' health. It's bad for everyone. There's no winner in the million pound game, no matter what. Because a lot of players have mates on the other team losing who will lose jobs at the end of the day so even though I do feel sorry for them you need to think of yourself you need to think of your team your teammates yourself just go out there put your heart in for 80 minutes and get the win get the two points and go home give us your score prediction for the game against Hawkinson Rovers pal just before I do I'd just like to mention what just reiterate what Joe said that it, I don't think that million pound game is any good because you end up in that it's another week you, you're losing for preparation for next season you don't know where you're going to be your players don't know where they're going to be you don't know what league you're going to be in, so you're behind the eight ball for recruitment already aren't you so let's get this top three wrapped up as soon as, soon as possible win the first five games and then we can coast the last couple <laughs> so yeah my score prediction for uh, Friday night I've gone for a Salford win I've gone for Hulkinson Rovers 22 Salford Red Devils 28 22-28. Joe, what, what's your prediction? What do you think? Salford, 32. Okay, 20. 32-20. Uh, I'm going to go for a big Salford win. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm confident the boys are going to go you know, into the game and... and be confident and win the game. Uh, it's difficult. I know pressure cooker atmosphere of the million uh, of the middle eights builds on every game, but you win your first one, the the, f- the pressure gets diffused on it. So get let's get off to a good win against Ulkinster Rovers away. I'm going to go Ulkinster Rovers ten, Salford Devils thirty six, thirty six ten, and Jackson Aces to score three in sixty minutes, and then we'll take him off and rest him. Put him in some cotton wool then for next week. Yeah, yeah, I like your style, Rob. We'll uh, we'll see because we're running out of time for this Nando's, aren't we? I mean, Joe, there he's cheated. He give two scores out. He put give one score out on Sports Zone. He's give a different one on here. So uh, he's he's well after that meal, isn't he? But yeah, let's just let's just hope we get the win, lads. Because uh, like I said, if we don't, we don't. But it'd be a massive boost. I think all the pundits have wrote us off. I saw Gary Schofield's predictions in the league expressive. Leeds are going to walk it. Okay, second, I think he had Toronto third and Toulouse and Salford in the million pound game. So stuff like that, I'm going to we'll cut that out and we'll give that to the lads to hang up in the dressing room. It, it annoys me things. Like, I know pundits have to make things, but that about about witness not bringing anything to Super League, and I thought really disrespectful, like you know, to to say about another side. And I'm sure they'll have that pinned up in in their dressing room. And they're a side we've not really mentioned in our predictions. I think they're going to be tough on that on that eye pitch to beat as well. So I can't predict my top three who's going to stay up and who's going to go in the million pound game. Really can't. Just coming back to what Gary Schofield said, he predicted at the beginning of the year with, and he had a bet with London's Michael Channing for a thousand pound that London would finish tenth in the championship. So, and he's made some predictions this year as well that have not come true as well. So, I wouldn't believe anything Gary Schofield comes out. It's not, it's not Notre Dame. He don't get everything right all the time, does he? You know what I mean? I suppose we're, we're being a pundit. You know, you, you, that's what you do. You put your neck, you put your neck on the line, and, and you say this is what's going to happen. It doesn't come in. That's when you get egg on your face, and you know that that's what you know the top pundits do. And and you, more often than not, they're, they're right than they are wrong, yep. really. And that, and that and that's the bottom line. But you know, hopefully, you know. I think he he predicted us to stay in the league, which is a good thing. So let's hope he's right about that. 
didn't. He said that we'd be up in the million pound game to lose. Did he say we'd stay up? Oh, I will let him off then. No, it, what annoyed me was the bit about. I mean, I'm no lover of witness, but to say they don't bring anything to Super League, I thought was a bit a bit harsh and, and not a nice thing to say for their club and their supporters. But no, we just got to prove them wrong now. And I think a lot of pundits have said Leeds, haven't they? Leeds will go and beat it and win all the games. And you know, who'd, who'd be to argue with them? They've got some good players, haven't they? They've got international players. They've got a big squad, but. We'll use our statement, Rob. Confidence, where does it go and where does it come from? And they're a side who are very low on confidence at the moment, aren't they? And I think it's a big test for them this Saturday to play Toulouse at home, don't they? And that's going to be, you'd expect Leeds to win comfortably, wouldn't you? But if they don't, it really does put the cat amongst the pigeons. Do you think Leeds are in trouble, Joe? I personally, I don't no, think. I'm not, well, I'm not saying they are in trouble, but I just think it's going to be really interesting. It would be if they got beat. It would make, it would make the eights a very interesting... I kind of agree with you both. I don't think the they've, they've they've got no confidence. They've gone into it to would you say getting beat off Salford away is a bad victory for the team that are super league quality. I think it, it with their their size their stars they've got in the side that won't do their confidence. Winning losing the semi final won't do their confidence any good. So I think they'll win four out of seven, five out of seven. I've got a funny feeling we might beat him on a Friday night. Beating Leeds in the in the play, in the in the in the, in the middle eights to stay up, Paul. Oh, that'd be fairy tale stuff, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Well, nineteen seventy seven and two thousand nine, the two wins we've had there in the last sort of forty one years. So that would be special, Rob. How many times have we lost to Ed in Leeds? It's a lot. It is a lot. Even in the Super League era, it's a lot. Uh, you know, when you, when you top up, you played them a couple of times in the same season, haven't you? You've been away twice, so. We've had some close ones there, haven't we? But I think that'd be every Salford supporter's dream, especially some supporters of a certain era, you know, the likes of people who grew up in the 60s and 70s. I think that'd be that'd be fantastic that if we could if we could get a result there. But here's here's to hoping, Rob, definitely. I think when when do we play him? Is it the third or the fourth game? Fourth, fourth, fifth game? Fourth of September. So we win all the ones before that and then secure our Super League Super League status by uh, by by beating Leeds. <laughs> Put them in the million pound game, it'll make me season. Yeah, so uh, yeah, been a great show. Enjoyed this one, Paul. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I'm really excited for Friday night. Can't wait to, to get up to, to Hull. And like Joe said, whatever happens, happens. And uh, but I'm, I've got a sneaky feeling. And we've all been really confident tonight. And uh, yeah, it's like, like counselling. You come here all, all miserable and you go and think, yes, we're going to win the league. So yeah, can't wait. And safe journey to everybody going. Yeah, it's going to be another good uh, weekend with the football season starting and Salford on Friday. Joe, hopefully we'll secure a win. Hopefully we will. We've got, well, this is the first game I'm missing this season, but the times I've not gone to Hull KR, we've got the win the past couple of times. I think in 2012, in the blue kit, we won there. The year, I think Tommy Lee got Simbin one year for having a fight with um, Burns from Hull KR. They got Simbin, we won that day as well, and I won there. So we've got quite a good record when I don't go to Hull KR. Was so. I wasn't at Leeds in 2009. <laughs> I wasn't. Stay away, Joe. <laughs> I wasn't. I I, my dad always holds me against that. I said I've never watched Salford win at Leeds. I was at a, I was at a rugby tournament that day, but I remember the highlights: Robbie Paul, Jordan Turner under the sticks. I think, think Rich Miles, Steph Ratchford, Paul White, some good players name in there. So, so yeah, I've seen us win at places where I've not seen us win at places where we've not won in a while. So. Like I said, I'm not going Friday, so you never know. What will the plan will be if it comes down to it? We'll just send him into the studio to get a microphone and then just lock the door and don't let him out until we stay in Super League. Boot your car in <laughs> September off. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Just before we go, obviously, have a cheeky uh, plug for the Sports Zone on Solver City Radio. Every Tuesday, you can also get it uh, on the playback poll. We talk about all different uh, sports, don't we? It's a great show to listen to. Yeah, it certainly is, and it's been us three on it the last few weeks now. The the new team, the three Musketeers, Joe, myself, and, and Rob. It's, it's something we really enjoy, don't we? And if you like your football as well, Joe's a good expert. Well, you you two are the football experts, and I've enjoyed it the last few weeks. And yeah, give it a listen. Yeah, Joe talks about his his other love of Salford, um, City FC. The drew one one uh, on uh, Saturday, but we're winning one nil tonight. Joe, has it is increased or? Just as you said that, Gate said I've took the lead to one. Um, just as you said that, Rob, with about 20 minutes, 25 minutes to go. So hopefully we can turn it around and get a point or maybe get the three points. But it's been a good season. Get your season tickets down, put some money back in Salford and get yourself season tickets for next year when they come out in November, hopefully. 
Yeah, so just don't forget to tune to that show as well uh, for all your local Salford sport. So, big thanks for tuning to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.